Okay, I'm on now. Here we go. Good morning, everyone. I'll just get into this. Um, I am still aware through my long journey of walking with the Lord <clears throat> that there is still so much more to tap into and to receive. <clears throat> and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, isn't it true of life that Things happen and you lower your expectations. Would that be a good way of putting it? Stop dreaming. There was a um, there was a movie, not a great movie. It was entertainment. Cod called um, Australia, and um, <clears throat> in the movie and in the storyline was a little boy um, that was part Aborigine and part um, white, the white man, and they were the they were the children of the men that were with these Aborigine women, and uh, their children were called creamies. They didn't belong anywhere. And very, the movie's actually about a very sad story that <clears throat> after these children were of a certain age, the government went around and rounded them up to purify the race, to keep the race pure and to take them off onto an island, and I'm not sure what happened to them from there. Um, more of the tragedies that have happened in our, in our world. And this little boy, I believe Nicole Kidman was one of the, the actress, the female actress, lead actress, and um, she uh, is not a mother type, but this little boy is on this plantation at a certain point uh, that she comes, maybe she's inheriting it. I, that's probably, it be, probably had become her she came there. And um, he's lost his mother. <clears throat> and um, she had learned that um, um, about him as she encountered this little guy. Um, and she was trying to be mother-like, not having any inclination about what it meant to be a mother. And knew he was brokenhearted. And so... She asks him if he wants her to sing to him. And she just pulls something out of her hat somewhere over the rainbow. And um, somehow in the conversation, this line comes up. Uh, oh, it's a dreaming song, he says to her. And he kind of, his tears go away. I, I like dreaming songs. <laughs> and all of a sudden... You hear that song in a whole different light, you know. This little guy's listening. And um, I, I had this uh, feeling to return to the most basic elemental stuff of our faith. Um, but we need to look at it through dreaming eyes. And... We need to, I want to help you stir up your expectation of what there is for us. Um, it's not just a, a uh, life insurance policy that keeps you out of hell. It's so much more, huh? 
that was my old beginnings of, it was that, you know, whew, I escaped the fire, huh? And if, I, if I'm a good little boy through the rest of my life from here till then, then I, I, I'm, I'm, my hope is that I'm good, I'll, I'll make it. And, and, and it's such a short-sighted vision and version of, of what Jesus intended for us. And so let me read, and I want you to listen maybe with fresh ears if you can. Description of the spirit that was going to be on the Messiah, who is Jesus. And out of the Passion Translation, I love it so much because it helps expand my... Uh, I, I love the, how genuine Brian Simmons is as he translates. And... Um, <clears throat> And um, it, it helps gives, give us language and expand our thinking that has gotten very blocked off and very careful and restricted. And this is what was on Jesus. If you want to get stirred up about what's available to you, then you need to look at what was on him and look at it through different eyes. The spirit of Yahweh will rest on him the spirit of extraordinary wisdom, the spirit of perfect understanding, the spirit of wise strategy, the spirit of mighty power, the spirit of revelation and the spirit of the fear of Yahweh. He will find his delight in living by the spirit of the fear of the Lord. He will neither judge by appearances nor make his decisions based on rumors. With righteousness, he will uphold justice for the poor and defend the lowly of the earth. His words will be like a scepter of power that conquers the world. And with his breath, he will slay the righteous one, the lawless one. Righteousness will be his warrior's sash and faithfulness his belt. <clears throat> Listen to some of the explanation that Brian Simmons gives us in, in his notes about this. The spirit of Yahweh will rest on him. It means the spirit of prophecy was on him. And so, in, a, in maybe a more general form for this word prophecy, because it, it's ours as well, is that on him was a spirit of declaring and speaking forth the heart of God, which is something that I would hope we would all want, like, this is the beginning of you understanding what you're to look like. You're not to look like just a saved, drowned cat. <laughs> you know? You're to, thank you, Kathy. You're to look like so much more, because she got the comparison. Like, it's, it's not just, yeah, I'm, I'm pitiful, I'm, but I'm saved, you know, like, That may seem elemental to comment, but I still run into this in people's hearts and lives. And all of a sudden, they're self-talk, and they'll, if they aren't careful and they talk out loud what they're thinking and feeling, I'm, oh, my God. Like, you still own that? You're still feeling that? Like, that's why I'm on this subject. And then at a given moment, all of a sudden it shows up in me. And I, I'm like, that doesn't look like him. That doesn't look like the promise. That doesn't look like my inheritance. That looks like my old in the ditch expectation of life. 
So the spirit of prophecy is to be on. As you go, there need, there, there can be, there's, this is yours, it's yours. You can have a word of, of lifting and being genuine and declaring good things and encountering. And Phyllis and I recently, we got to meet a man on, uh, what day was it? Thursday, we drove to. And all of a sudden, we were encountering this man, and he's feeling us out. And he was actually a patriot and a Christian and all those things. He's being careful with, with us, you know. And we're just shopping for lamps, you know, nothing big. <clears throat> but he's talking, and I can feel his passion. And I make a comment. He's like, oh, thank you. Thank you for, you know, for confirming that. And, uh, and uh, there was a... There was a, just a, a connection because he was looking for life and looking for someone to share this stuff with and someone to connect with. And, and Phyllis and I didn't, it was hard to get a word in edgewise, but we still, there was a presence. We, he, he was overjoyed. He gave me his card when I left and, and, and I shook him his hand and blessed him. We knew we had bless this guy just by being there. And he had almost died from COVID. He was one of the very early people to get it when, and was, um, how long did he say he was on a ventilator? I, 24 days, I believe it was before, before the protocols came out, lest he wouldn't be alive. And um, <clears throat> we got him off of that, and then he had a bacterial infection in his lungs and found a doctor that helped him get cleared up from that. Um, <clears throat> and so, wow, yeah. And he has a quite different outlook on life now that he was that close to death and losing that much of his life. Wakes up, you know, all those days later. We're to carry the spirit of prophecy in our business dealings and our teaching on our, in our comings and our goings when we, we encounter people. That's the spirit was on Jesus that's the spirit that's to be on us. The spirit of extraordinary wisdom. Don't just, like, what is that? What is that? What is that? It's the spirit of skillfulness. And included in that is the equipping ability for music, art, business, writing, creativity, and wisdom for judicial decisions. All of that is incorporated in that. And um, if you have your Bibles, I've got to look it up on my phone. It's Exodus chapter 31. It's worth looking at and remembering that um, <clears throat> we have such a limited, we always keep everything so spiritualized, and yet these gifts were on the craftsmen of of the Bible when the Lord, this was the spirit that he put on them if he wanted them to perform something to create, to be creative and skillful and excellent in it. And um, in here it is in Exodus chapter 31. Um, the Lord spoke to Moses, and in verse 2, See, I have called by name Beelzeleel. I'm terrible with those names. The son of Uri, the son of her, the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom. So filled with the Spirit, like, oh, I'm ready to preach. Not only. 
filled with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. And I indeed, I have appointed with him A-H-O-L-I-A-B. It's always safe to spell. The son of, another one, A-I-S-H-A-M-A-C-H, of the tribe of Dan, and I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that that they may make all that I have commanded them. Again, in contrast with our mentality and our culture, Everything, you have to go to school for, everything has to be learned from trade school, from school, and those have some value. But this craftsmanship, this skill, this wisdom takes you beyond that. I draw on that all the time when I'm creating, when I'm doing, whether it's music, whether it's construction, whether I, I, that's my constant, I always pray in the spirit, I'm always praying like that's, I'm always drawing from the how, looking for the how to, how to fix this, how to do this. And, and, and I, I, primar- I rely on that primarily. And then a YouTube video once in a while helps a lot too. But, but the point is, is that there is a, a, an awareness that the Lord has this and gives this skill and this uh, craftsmanship to us in, in many different dimensions. And that your life gets enhanced greatly if you tap into that in your coming and your going and your doing, your building and your making and your resolving problems. There's so much we have uh, to, to access to. Next, the spirit of perfect understanding is a spirit of intelligent insight to know the meaning of riddles, to decipher parables and allegories. Example, Daniel, he had the ability to discern that and decipher that. I wonder what is untapped sitting here. If you tapped into your ability to perceive or do you talk yourself out of it because you don't have the credentials to know that, to have insight. When people reach out, I, one of my, I, I just have to give this example. Uh, a Jewish doctor named Dr. Zelenko, Upper State, New York. When COVID hit, he didn't just wait for the CDC to give him protocols about how to let people die. No sarcasm intended. He went, whoa, what's going on? What's happening? How do we fix this? And he immediately starts researching. And he's Jewish, so he's tapped in. He's a very devout Jew. There are good Jews and there's bad Jews, but he's a good one. He's an amazing man. He taps into this and he starts to research, like who's dying, who's not, who's in, de- who's in jeopardy, who's not. And he, start, he goes, okay, I'm not going to worry about those patients. They'll be fine. I'm going to go after this. Who, what's working, what's not working? He's the one that discovered the use of hydroxychloroquine. Of course, the CDC had, had written that in, back in 2005, I think. They, they knew that. They already knew that. They know all this. He starts using it on his patients. Hardly anybody dies. And he gets a hold of President Trump 
and lets him know. Hydroxychloroquine is something that works on this virus. That didn't go over very well. And then the governor, I believe it had been the governor of New York, prohibited using a, a, a drug that was like 30 years old, great reviews, great, say one of the safest drugs out there to prescription to buy, and ivermectin as well, but hydroxychloroquine, you know, was the first thing, shut it down and made it illegal for the pharmacies to, to, to prescribe that for any patient, for anything, especially for COVID. Insane. So Dr. Zelenko went, okay. Tied my hands. He, he gets out of, the, out of the thing. And he finds the uh, supplement quercetin and comes up with what he called the Z-stack, which was zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D3, and quercetin. Quercetin is what enables the zinc to get into your, into your cells and kill this virus. And so... I have some down in my house, the Z-Stack. And he just, he kept drawing on his ability, and now he's quite a proponent of speaking, uh, very, very hugely impo uh, uh, popular. What did he draw? He drew on, like, who wasn't just stuck and just gonna just, sub, you know, yield to whatever. It's like, no, no, I care about my patients. I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to take care of my people. I'm going to find a way. And he, he reaches deep inside, and, and he carries this. He has this. It's in, his, it's, his, it's, in his, it's in his heritage. It's in ours. He, he, he dug deep, and he found wisdom. The spirit of wise strategy, the spirit of guidance, counsel, advice, purpose for steering or guiding a ship, this, Im <clears throat> this imparts wisdom and counsel for, for leadership. So the real, how many of you are in, at one level or another, leadership positions? There is something to draw from, from the spirit of God for your leadership abilities. And the people that tap into that, I don't care how many books they've read, how many training seminars they've gone through, if you tap into what the Spirit it makes available for us to be good leaders and follow that, you, you excel. It's a, it's a gifting. You'll, you'll go move ahead of the class. How, how often are we in need of... It's, it's all around us. We're always, we need counsel. We need leadership at every level of everything that you're involved in. When leadership, when true leadership is not there, what, what is after that? Chaos and evil. Like, it's not good that there are bad leaders in positions. And, and a good leader is a person that taps into this, that has ethics and is able to tap into the spirit of the Lord. Those are good, those make good leaders. And our, our entire world, not just church, needs good leaders. Leaders with wisdom, leaders, leaders with integrity, leaders that can tap into something to know how to fix something and know how to, and know how to treat people. Treat people good and take care of them and care about them, they will produce. They will they'll come, come up. People want to do their job. They want to do their job well. They want to excel in it. When you cut everything off, this, this uh, 
This horrible humanistic uh, culture that we're living in suppresses all of that, will, refuses to reward diligence and, and applying yourself. It, it, it strips us of our integrity, of our, of our self-esteem, so that what you do doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you do a good job or a bad job, you still get paid the same. That's horrible. That's, that's so demeaning. In what the Lord wants us to carry, that doesn't exist. It's a whole nother thing. The spirit of mighty power, the spirit of mighty warrior. This is where the Holy Spirit boldness is, is that. And, and what did Jesus tell his disciples? Don't leave town till you get this. <laughs> when that falls on you, you will be bold. You will be strong. You will be mighty. It's a spirit of might. It's a spirit of boldness. It's a spirit of confidence. When the spirit falls on you, your confidence level bumps up. How many of you experience that? Like you're really sensing the spirit. Like it, it's very energizing. And all of a sudden you're like, I can do. The spirit of revelation and of knowledge, not knowledge that is learned from books or study, but knowledge that comes from experiencing intimacy with God. The spirit of the fear of the Lord. Here, absolute definition. When I read this, I'm like, oh, I've been looking for that definition for a long time. Absolute loyalty to God. That's what the fear of the Lord is. That's how he defines. Absolute loyalty to God. I just love that. And it means he will shine forth with the reverence of the Lord. So when we walk and we shine, we shine forth with a reverence for God. We don't demean him. He's not our little buddy that we take to school with us. He's God. There's a, you know, an, a, an awe, a respect, a love, an, ad, an adoration of him. And we grow in that adoration and in that love. In Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to hit some passages in Ephesians. And in verse 17, there is a prayer. We call it an apostolic prayer because it was one of the apostles prayed this for the churches, for people. When I was on this vein, this, this, this focus, I, I saw this through a little different eyes. And it's hard not to read this and think you've got to conjure it up, do it, make it. But when you realize the wording in it and the words, and many of you are very familiar with this. We pray it a lot in prayer sessions. I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, so we're talking about the Father, that the prayer is that he would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom. So did you hear that? Who, who, where does this come from? Do you do it on your own? No. 
It, it's impartation, mean, meaning it's given to you. The prayer is that God will impart to you this spirit of revelation, of wisdom, of understanding. That's what was given to Jesus. It came and rested on him. We know when John the Baptist went to baptize him, the, the, the spirit descended on him like a dove. There was a, a falling, on, it, it, it descended on him, it came on him. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. So as you are intimate with him, there's something that's transferring to you, something that's growing in you. If you, if you have that perspective, then it will help stir up the expectation that what you need, you can receive by interacting with him, that it will, it will come. I'm telling you, the temptation to conjure this stuff up, if you're trying to get better, get your game on, get more spiritual, we immediately go to our default, which is, I'm going to work harder at this. I'm going to spend more time. I'm going to fast more. I'm going to, you know, get a little whip and whip myself once in a while, make sure there's some pain and agony and deny myself of things. If the Spirit's leading you, I don't want to interfere with that. However, and I was rereading the, uh, the history of um, uh, Whitefield. Remember, I talked about him, and I was looking again at the major impact his preaching the true gospel that you may all be born again. It doesn't matter if you're the elite or the poorest of the poor. And when we are born again, we are all one. We're all equal. And the way to get born again, they'll come to this, is through faith only. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. You can't buy it. And he begins to preach this. At first, it's like, oh, that was good. And then once the church people and the elite had a chance to think about this, like, oh, no, 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 we can't have that. Honestly. And, the, and on his, I think it was his second trip, Whitefield's second trip here, the, the churches that were open, they were all closed to him. They wouldn't let him in, which he wasn't surprised about because he had already experienced that in England. This message then that he began to preach from the streets, that was what really brought the unity of our country. Before that, we were as much a class system as any other country ever was. It was that message, that gospel that went like wildfire, that, that revival we we're, were singing about, that is what brought people into one. Now we're one. It doesn't matter if I'm the janitor, the garbage man, the head psychologist of a you know, hospital ward, doesn't matter who I am or what my, what my status is, if I'm born again and you're born again, we are one. We are equal. And it, it began, it bring, especially the poor, it bring them out of their stuff. And for the elite that got the revelation, it brought them into humility. That was a great, great thing. That is what we're at war with right now in our nation. 
that thing rose up again, the them and the us. And the them doesn't think they need too many of us around. Moving on in this prayer, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. So again, not your efforts. I'm praying over you, an impartation. And here's another aspect of it, is that, that the light of God will illuminate the darkness in you. How many of you are a little, a little, at least a little willing to acknowledge that there's still some darkness in some corners? No hands, please. Criminate yourself. No, honestly, like, yeah, you realize this, and, and you pray. And I think two weeks ago when I talked about the little foxes that we went to Psalms 139. Search me, know me. That's a great prayer. Don't be afraid ever to pray that prayer. Lord, search me, know me. I give you permission to look and find darkness in me. Find anything that's wrong. I, I want you to fix it now while I have a chance to change. Don't wait till then. Let's do this now. Because light coming into your darkness only makes you a happier person. Freedom coming to a bound person only makes them a happier person. A prisoner may have joy while he's in jail, but open the door and set him free and see, yeah. See if he doesn't do a jig and a dance. Yeah, baby, this is what I'm talking about, you know? No matter how good of a face he learned to put on that, many of us are walking around in prison still, still chained, still bound. And we're like, I'm good with it. I can cope with it. I can deal with it. I'm all right. You okay? No, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Beware when I say I'm fine. Like, you know? That means, that all that means is I don't want to talk about it. That's, what, that's what usually what that means, right? That's fine. You're allowed. You can have your, that's fine. See, that's fine. You can have your privacy. You can have it. But you probably aren't on your road to freedom. You're just keeping your walls up. That catches up with you eventually. The light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you, which is just a good word for your, your conscience ability, your conscious ability to know things and perceive things. Flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. See, we only, I just think we've got so much further to go. I don't mean to be condescending, but I, I just think there's a lot more to go. There's a lot more awareness. We're, we're blinded. We're blocked. We've believed. We've come a little ways, but there's, there's so much more to see. Don't you want to see more? Don't you want to get it? That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us the holy ones, you, the holy ones. Did you wake up this morning, look in the mirror and go, hey, there's a holy one? Or did you go, hairdo, wow, you know? <laughs> I pray that you will continually experience, I mean, this is a really 
lots of adjectives, lots of description, a lot of passion in this description. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. First time in this that there's an indication of something that belongs to you. And there it is. Faith. Believing. That choice. That I believe help my unbelief. I can't see, but I believe. I can't understand, but I believe. I, I say yes to this. And something God has given you a measure, so don't say that you have none. We all have some measure of faith, some ability to believe what we cannot see. And if you have any fear in your life, you have a measure. It's just in the negative way. It's all fear is. Believing what you can't see. You're afraid you're going to have an accident. You're afraid you're going to get sick. You're afraid someone's going to, you know, you're going to lose a relationship. What is that? That's, you don't, do you see that? No, but I believe it. Oh, it's, yeah, that's fear, full blown. Keep that up. That confession seals it. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. Do you understand how important it is that you have a story? God wants you to have a story. Don't just think that's self-centered. He wants you to have a story. You make him look good. When you come out of the ditch and onto the, onto the platform, you're a story. He's all, every good product needs advertisements, yeah? Someone's got to reveal what this product is and show it on a, like, hey, it does this, it does that, it looks this, look what, here's what you'll look like in it. That's for my car salesman. Here's how this will benefit you. Here's how this will make your life. This, we're, you are an av a walking advertisement. You're not, it's not just living to yourself. Like the Lord wants to make his, and we want to make him famous. So when I want to make him famous, and he wants to make himself famous, which he's the only one that's allowed to have that thing and not be sin. The rest of us, that's illegal, but God can, that's God, he's God. Why does he want to make himself famous? Because there's so many more that need to know. It's you are the story that gives someone else hope. You're the story. If you've come from the dark into the light, you're the story that gives someone else hope. Oh, well, then I can find the light. Yeah. Follow me. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's simple. Come on. Just follow this. Just follow this man. Just believe. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power that is in existence. He is the ultimate. He still rules and reigns. 
Our eyes are on everything else. I just encourage you, just step back from all the, all the chaos out there. I'm pretty sure we don't have the right story. You're getting drawn in. Like, resist that. Step back. Wait for the dust to settle. Because there are things, I am convinced there's things going on way beyond any of our comprehension. And God is at work, so don't despair. Refuse that. Step back, go. You, I, I give you permission to say, God's in control. Yeah, but what about? <laughs> I can give you some what abouts, and it's not what's going on across the ocean. I can give you plenty of those. I believe God's at work hugely. And he's using people that love him because he loves this world. He really does love this world. He has an agenda for this world. And it's of prosperity. It's of hope. It's of welfare. It's of a future. This isn't the end. It may have some ear tags of the end, but it's not the end. I know it's not the end. There's too much that has to happen yet. There's a good plan at work. Flip over to chapter 2 of Ephesians. I want to, as best I can, just preach the word because faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word and the hope of you changing and the hope of you getting free and the hope of you getting on and beyond is that the word changes you and that you're stirred by something you hear the truth starting in verse um, I'll start in verse 4. I'm just going to take my time and, and stop. There's plenty to go over here. Verse 4 of chapter 2 of Ephesians. But God still loved us with such great love. This is important. Are you connected to the love of God? Are you, do you have a connection with it? Can you say, yeah, I know he loves me? It's important. It's like um, any good father, son, daughter relationship, any relationship, any husband, wife. A healthy relationship is one that says, I love and I am loved and can say it freely. That's a healthy relationship. I, I know I love the people in my life and I know they love me. Faults set aside, okay? Failures set aside. History set aside. Because all of our histories can disqualify us if we raise them up. Love trumps that. It gets above it. It surpasses it. Love gives you the ability to forgive. He forgave. You can forgive. Even when it says he is so rich in compassion and mercy... Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us 
by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and he ascended with him, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. So this language begins to really develop, going referencing the Isaiah 11 passage of what was on Jesus. We are truly one with him. That's why we really can. We've received that through faith. What we receive, what he is, we have access to that. It's, I'm not making this up. I'm not selling something that doesn't exist. What he was and had, he imparts to, we're one with him. When you're one with someone, you get to enjoy what they have. They, they, they become a part of you, don't they? Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite, limitless riches of his grace and kindness. And in a moment, we're going to really look at grace. Important. Which was showered upon us in Jesus Christ. Verse 8, very popular uh, passage here. For it was only through this wonderful grace that we believed in him. Nothing we did, or not of works, lest anyone should boast. That's the, that's the you know, scripture that I have memorized. Nothing we did, did ever um, could ever earn this salvation, for it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. Why is grace so important? Grace keeps you adjusted. Grace cannot be earned, and it is not deserved. Now, many things in life are earned and deserved. We get awards. We get rewards. We get wages, salaries, bonus, based on what? Performance. And that's not a bad thing. Unless you bring that into your faith in Christ, now it's a problem. Because you started at zero or negative, and you don't get to be good enough to earn it. By grace you've been saved through faith. That's it. Didn't earn it. Didn't come to church long enough to get it. You weren't a good boy long enough to get it. You weren't none of that. It doesn't get it. You must understand that doesn't get you in. That doesn't get you to a place. It's it's by grace. It's by him Except receiving you and you believing with your heart, I'm in Christ, I'm one with, he, he loves me, he died for me, I accept him, I receive him, I receive this gift from the Father. Grace is very important. Without grace and a reminder constantly of grace, we tend to get a little bit opinionated. And judgment follows right after that. <laughs> yeah? Isn't it so easy? Like, isn't it the biggest battle to go stop, stop judging, stop critic, stop? We have these opinions, these strong feelings that come up. I have to watch over myself all the time. Sometimes it's like I'm way into it before I like, whoa, I left the ship. <laughs> I'm, 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 off, I'm off the trail a little bit. <laughs> Jesus is like, uh-huh. Phyllis and I caught Jace going, uh-huh. And we're like, where did he learn that? And then we've been paying attention and we 
we've been doing, we go, uh-huh. <laughs> we answer each other, uh-huh. Like, oh, it just sounds cuter when she, he says it. What is it that keeps, that you, keeps you out of that? A true revelation that by grace you're saved, nothing else. That's what keeps you in a good place. You lose that, then you'll, you'll think you're all right. You'll think you're right and they're wrong. You'll think you're, you have a right to have an opinion about something. Now, there's discernment and there are things, that's fine. It's not one talk, but you know, there's a line you cross. There's a line you cross where you, you need to keep that that's place. And this is between you and the Lord. I can't give you, I can't help you with that beyond. You, you have to know, you have to know what the difference is. So no one will ever be able to boast for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. That is the word. End of, end of subject like that, that settles it. We have become his poetry. Here we are again about your story. Your story is so important. And, and if you yield and believe, you become his poetry as he writes your story. A recreated people, in verse 10, that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. So your destiny is planned in advance. And that is the goal that you want to pray your destiny. Pray for other people's destiny. It's the greatest prayer you can pray. Pray destiny for your children. That supersedes your own wants and loves and affections and all of those things, as good as they are, you tap into praying, praying the Lord's destiny. And your, 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 your prayers are your liquid gold. They're liquid gold. They're like you, that's, that's golden. You're, you're hitting the mark without even being very smart. Lord, I, I pray for their destiny. See, see, see an evil, vile person, pray for their destiny. You can't go wrong. There was something they were born intended to be or do, whether they're off the mark or not. You pray for their destiny. Who knows what alignment may come and who is praying that for them? The next time that you encounter a disgusting person and you're tempted to react, respond, comment, I don't know. Why do we think we have to? We do, anyways. Just... Get a hold of yourself and go, Lord, I just pray for their destiny. I pray their destiny comes to pass in Jesus' name. It can't be this. Remember some of the stories Robin Bullock told? Some of the, he, was, he was, before he was a Christian, he was a rock and roller. You know, he made his living by playing in, in nightclubs. And he talks about one nightclub owner. I think it was on the story of, of tithing. He was not a good guy. And the guy says, hey, I got to go, got to go, got to go. He's like, Robin's like, where are you going? I said, I got to go to church, got to give my tithe. Like, what? Like, you tithe, let alone go to church? Like, inconceivable. He goes, oh, yeah, 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 I got it. If I, if I give my tithe, the Lord blesses this place. Now, let yeah, chew on that for a while. We're like, oh, no, 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 no. I've got some rules. <laughs> I've got some limitations here. Several years later, Robin is in a church, and guess who's there? 
that bar, that nightclub owner, full blown, grown, grown, you know, full blown, born again, saved, living for Jesus, totally transformed. But he knew this to do, to tithe. He tithed into his own salvation. He didn't buy it, but he, but he sowed a seed into it. Sowed a seed into it. Ah, it's great. It's, it's so much more fun to live like this. <laughs> Phyllis and I were, we, we actually took a day and we really had a good time the other day. Like we were like, let's just go out to eat. Let's, okay, all right, that's different because we've been locked in and shut in and just don't, I don't know, we just don't do that too much. And uh, we just broke off. I think it was Thursday, yeah. We just went and we didn't go to shop, but we did a little bit of shopping. We were here and there, you know. And we looked at each other, and I said to her, I said, man, you know, I think something, like, things were just going good. Like, you could tell it was different. You know how you always end up spending more money than you intended to for something? And we were spending less money than we intended to. That was different for us. And we were in a store, and Forgot to pick up something. We're in this line. Took a while to get it. And, it, and it's like, and I'm like, oh, I forgot. And I turned around, and I'm thinking, I said, well, I got to get this. And so just stay in line. If you need to, just I'll just get back in line or whatever. I turn around, and it's in a Mark store in Boardman. Very big store. It's not a little store. It's like, as far as you can see that way are the ends of aisles. And as far as you can see that way are ends of aisles. And I'm like, where? Oh, Lord. And I don't know the store at all. We just, like, hardly ever go there. Like, and what I wanted was just, and Phyllis said, look, there's first aid right there, like, da-da-da. And I looked, and just not on the end cap, but just the first thing there was what I was looking for. I walked back, jumped in line. I'm like, sanctified money walked in this place. And you start believing that, like, yeah, I'm blessed. Like, we don't usually, we don't talk like that in the past too much, but we're like, we're tapping into, what is this? This is tapping into the blessings, the provisions of who he is and who, what he said we would have. And it changes things like, wow, this is, feels, it just felt different. It felt so different. We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us for we are joined to Jesus there again. If those, the spirit of the Lord is on him, if wisdom, revelation, the spirit of might, all those elements of, of, of Isaiah 11 are on him, we are joined to him, the anointed one. We, we have that access. What do you need? What do you need to overcome? What do you need in your life? Do you need wisdom about something? Do you need understanding about something? Do you need to know how to work through a relationship? Do you need wisdom in your marriage? Of course you do. Do you need help with your job? Do you need, need direction? Do you need provision? Do you need things to flip up, flip around because the way they're going is just, a, it's a hard, something's wrong. Like, tap into the provision. It's there. Use your faith. Just stand with nothing else, not being able to see anything and say, 
Jesus, I believe. I need wisdom in this area, and I believe that you're going to give this. Is, you have wisdom, and I just tap into it. Give me wisdom. Give me grace in my relationships. Give me deliverance from my moods and my things and my hang-ups. Like, Lord, come. Set me free. This, this is mine. Tap into, reach into, reach into your healings, reach into your health, your well-being. It is there. It's a fool that says, oh, no, I don't need that. It's a fool that gives his money and doesn't expect the Lord to bless it. That's actually, that's a bad thing to do. That means you're helping God. I don't recommend it. He doesn't need your help. He's God. He's the one that's going to bless you. You need to come and receive from him. I had a hard time getting to that place in my life. Everything I did, I'm like, I'm sacrificing for the Lord. I'm serving the Lord. Don't you feel better about life? Because I'm, you know, I don't know. It's like it gets all mixed up. Instead of he loves me and I, I serve him because I love him. What else would I, you know. This is the joy to be one with him. To be one with him. Let's take some time to pray. Can you girls put on some music um, softly and. Let's just take some time for impartation. Kevin, I don't know if you want to feel like helping me and all, but let's just see what the Lord does here. Um, just receive. We, we still, I'm just pulling up a little early so we can take some time. Bless you, Lord. Mm, Father, I just thank you for your word. And Father, according to your word and according to the scriptures that I've read today, I stand in position today to... Pray for impartation for all, all that are sitting here today. Wisdom, grace, health, well-being. Encounter, Father, if people feel blocked in their relationship from you, they don't even know what's wrong. In Jesus' name, I call that blockage down. It comes down because you want us to be close to you. You want intimacy with us. I just declare your promises for every household. Every burden that is heavy on someone's heart today, you see it. You see the heavy area. You see the heavy thing. And Lord, I just commit the heavy thing right now. We don't have to say much about it. You know it, and, and, and the Lord knows it, and you know it. Lord, come in and just reach and touch that. Today we stand in faith to reach out. We, are we cannot afford to be religious. We cannot afford to put on airs. We have some real needs. We have some real blocks that are hindering us. What hinders you? Well, the Lord wants to release that and relieve that and, and, and open that gate and that door. Father, today I ask that you will open doors that no man can shut. And I also ask you to shut doors that no man can open. Sometimes there are doors that just need shut so that stops having access. I ask that you will stir up fire in us and passion in us. That we will be your, your precious ones. 
that we will be the ones that tell your story, that carry the torch, Lord. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Let it be our confession. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. These are your recreated people, Lord. We are the recreated people, born anew into a new life. I ask today that you'll stir up gifts. Stir up gifts in us of all sorts and all manner for all things. This is the people that have become your poetry. You are writing poetry on our hearts. You're writing the song of songs on our hearts. You're writing the song of song on our hearts. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Just bless you, Lord. We are joined to Jesus. <laughs> we are joined. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, my people, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. I ask that in Jesus' name.